welcome into another edition of the Doug Russell Podcast. It has been a minute. Unfortunately, uh, life uh, got in the way a little bit for the last month or so. But nevertheless, we are back and uh, we're going to endeavor to bring you more shows uh, here on the podcast that uh, otherwise wouldn't live anywhere else. And we've got some cool stuff coming up down the road. We'll get to that uh, as time goes on. But this is the week of the NCAA tournament, or at least the beginning of the NCAA tournament. And for my money, it's maybe the best week in the entire calendar year. And a lot of that has to do with baseball, and a lot of that has to do with what's going on in basketball right now. Now, baseball finally is back after that long protracted... I, I, there, Listen, there have been worse work stoppages in baseball. 1994, obviously, uh, comes to mind first and foremost. But this was a deal that could have gotten done a lot sooner than it did. And it took that 11th hour and 59th minute for the two sides to finally work something out. But the lockout started on December 2nd, and they didn't even sit down and negotiate until six weeks later. And to me, that's inexcusable. But that's the Players Association and the owners just not trusting each other. And I think that for the players not trusting the owners, there's been some precedent for that over the years. But baseball is back. We're all happy about that. Spring training is underway. The spring training games haven't yet begun, but they will begin soon. And opening day in Milwaukee, perfect. It's on 414, 414, April 14th uh, this year. That's when uh, things will open up at American Family Field. But the NCAA tournament is upon us as well. And right after the Selection Sunday show came out, I had a chance to do a show on 97.3, the game with Brian Butch, with Mike Heller, uh, Matt LePay, the longtime voice of the Badgers drop by as well. We did get to Marquette, and there's a couple of reasons why we're focusing on the Badgers as opposed to the Golden Eagles. Number one, the Golden Eagles, they are a nine seed. I think that they are a team that uh, certainly played exciting basketball. We've talked about Marquette here on the podcast on several occasions, and I think they exceeded expectations in Shaka Smart's first season. I think that was great. And as Marquette improves and college basketball improves here in the state of Wisconsin, I Look, it's going to be good for the podcast. It's going to be great for the fan base. It's going to be great for both fan bases, I think, both Wisconsin and Marquette, because when that's a strong rivalry, it just makes it better. I've always said that about the Packers and Bears as well. Uh, If you're a Packers fan, as I think probably most of the people listening to this podcast are, you love the dominance over the Chicago Bears. But what was the most delicious victory that you've ever had over the Bears? I would argue... It was in the NFC Championship game 11 years ago because it was winner. The Packers and Bears can't face each other in the Super Bowl for obvious reasons. They're both NFC teams, but they can face each other in the NFC Championship game. That's the biggest game that these two teams can possibly play uh, play against each other. And now Packers fans have that bragging right over the Bears. But you want both teams to be good, so there's something that's really on the line when these two teams play. We do get to Marquette a little bit. Uh, Brian Butch talked about Marquette, and you'll hear that coming up a little bit later on in the show. But we did focus on Wisconsin for a couple of reasons. Number one, they're a three seed. They are their conference co-champions along with Illinois. They're the highest seed out of the Big Ten. There's a couple of teams that were number three seeds uh, in the Big uh, Ten in the NCAA tournament. But also because the Badgers are playing in Milwaukee. They're playing at Fiserv Forum, which we would kind of anticipated for a while, and There was some concern late in the season with the last regular season game loss against Nebraska and then 
It was their first game. It wasn't the first round of the Big Ten tournament, but it was their first game in the Big Ten tournament against Michigan State, where they just didn't play very well. A few calls went against them, and Wisconsin wound up losing the last two games of their season leading into the NCAAs. Would that cost them? Well, recency used to be part of what the selection committee considered when they were doling out where teams were going to go and what seed they were going to have. They don't do that anymore. They, It's just not part of the equation anymore, which is a good thing, I think, and I think it's a very good thing for Wisconsin. We'll talk about their draw uh, coming up here in just a couple of moments, but suffice it to say, I think everybody was really, really happy where the Badgers wound up landing, and this was, again, right after the Selection Sunday show this past weekend. I wanted to get this out to you here on the podcast leading up to Friday night's game. I think I mentioned it once or twice during the show that you will hear that, well, we don't know what time the Badgers are going to wind up playing. I kind of had a sneaky suspicion in my mind that it would be the last game, the primetime game. Uh, It won't tip off. They say 8.50. I would be shocked if the ball game tips off before 9 o'clock. Who's to say? Uh, Also, of course, the station that this was on, 97.3 The Game, uh, the flagship or one of the co-flagships of the Wisconsin Badgers Radio Network, along with 1310 WIBA in Madison. And again, Matt LePay will join us uh, coming up about, I don't know, 30 or so minutes into this uh, podcast show. So without further ado, this was our Selection Sunday show from this past Sunday, leading you into the Wisconsin Badgers taking on the Colgate Raiders Friday night around 9 o'clock at Pfizer Forum. Hope you enjoy the show. The Badgers are headed to Pfizer Forum when they will uh, take on Colgate. Wisconsin playing as the number three seed. Colgate playing as the number four seed, uh, 14 seed, I should say. Uh, a couple of people that we want to welcome in to the uh, proceedings. You hear him every noon uh, from noon until three on Heller and Davis. He is the aforementioned Mike Heller. Mike, appreciate the time. How are you doing tonight? Well, pretty good. This is uh, this worked out about as good as it was going to be when the day started, that Wisconsin is on the three line and playing at Pfizer Forum in Milwaukee on Friday. We don't know game times yet. That'll come out sometime, I assume, yet later tonight. But yeah, this is about as good as we uh, as we had hoped, and have Marquette in the field as well, uh, and probably about where they were going to be. Really good matchup against North Carolina in that first round. So yeah, this is good stuff, uh, without a doubt. Also, you hear uh, our next uh, panelist on Coon and Butch from nine until noon, right here on ninety seven three. The game, Brian Butch, joining us on the program. Butch, you appreciate the time. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing great, Mike. This is good. Mike, this is great. That's yes. all yeah. you could have asked <laughs> yeah. for if you were a Scott. This yeah. is great. This is better than good. And obviously, we'll talk matchups. We'll break it all down. But this is about as good as you could have gotten. This is great news for Wisconsin. Not only are you in Milwaukee, you're the three seed, you play a team in Colgate, but then you look at the two seed that's in your bracket in Auburn, and that's a team different styles. But when you're a player and when you're a team, that's what you're looking at when you look at these big, dramatic changes. Auburn wants to play one way. Now if Auburn gets there, right? But we got to get to that road. But they want to play one way. Wisconsin wants to play a different way. I think that's when upsets happen the most. And so I think that's a great way of looking at it is you probably got the two seed that you wanted to play against, and then the one seed that's in there, that's another one that you're looking at. So there's a lot of good things with this bracket. You couldn't have asked for anything better, guys. 
Let me ask you guys this, uh, Mike. I'll pose, pose it to you first. In your opinion, was it more important to get the number three seed in the Midwest region, or was it more important to play those first two games potentially, first two games at Pfizer Forum? Yeah, I, I think it's it's always. Listen, the last time uh, that they were in Milwaukee, they got a, a heck of a home court boost when Oregon had uh, had the advantage against Wisconsin in the second round game, right? So playing in front of a partisan crowd, because uh, if, if for those of our listeners that haven't been to NCAA tournament venues that don't have a de facto home-type team, they can be a little dry. So having this be kind of a – I mean, it's not a kind of a – it's absolutely a home game, much bigger deal than being on the three line. The, the seed number is all about who your matchup is with. Uh, Colgate can really shoot the three. It's a team that's won 15 straight, but they don't have any wins against quad one teams. They've only played one or two quad one games all year, but they've won 15 in a row, and they shoot the three really well. I'll take the home court advantage over the number anytime. Butchie, what do you think? Yeah, I think when you look at this, obviously, I think the number wise, I'm I'm big with this. Like, uh, you just didn't want to drop to the four. That was my biggest fear because then you're playing the number one in the Sweet 16. That changes uh, dramatically, and I think that them avoiding going to the four is all they needed to do. So now you're at home. You put it together. You find a way to get it done. And I, I just I look at this, and yeah, you know, Colgate, a team that. You know, one nineteen in the in the Ken Palm. You know, hasn't played any. Like, it's it's a really good matchup. Yes, three point percentage wise, Mike, you're right. They're second in the nation at forty one forty point one percent. And we all know what Wisconsin's Achilles heel Achilles heel has been this year. It's been the three point line. So that's a you know, but you also look at how Wisconsin guards the three point line in that matchup. So I, I think there's a lot that goes with this, and we'll break it down again more. But overall. Again, as long as they didn't drop to that four, yeah. you're good. I'm Doug Russell, Mike Heller from Heller and Davis, and Brian Butch from Coon and Butch uh, here on NCAA Tournament tonight. Let's talk about the way the Badgers ended, not only the regular season, but then on into the Big Ten Tournament in Indianapolis. That game against Purdue, there, there was on March 1st, it was, I don't know if they left it all out on the court, but it was such an emotional high and then they had a chance with a number of things that could have happened to win the Big Ten title outright. Illinois, they won their final two games. And then Wisconsin lost a heartbreaker against Nebraska. Then they go into Indianapolis and lose on Friday night against Michigan State. Does that leave a bad taste in your mouth as this tournament approaches to either one of you? Brian, you played in the Big Ten. I'll ask you first. Yeah, so for me, it's only happened one time, I'll be honest. It was our sophomore year, my sophomore year, and we ended up having two guys out with academics, which is a rarity, but we had to go through that. So we did feel like we were going in, and we snuck into the tournament type type uh, feeling that we had. Difference is we were in eight seed, and we had to play Arizona. In Philly, and, and uh, Villanova was the one seed. That was a tough ask for us. We ended up losing the first time. One of the first times, I think one of the rare times that Bull Ryan team ever did that. Um, so for me, kind of being out that Friday, that was my experience with that. I think this team, it's a good thing because you need the you need a healthy Johnny Davis to, to really go deep, deep into this. Yeah, you can probably get through the first round with it, but you get a couple of extra days where Johnny can get healthy. He didn't look like himself Friday. Whether a lot of people I saw out there said they wanted, they, you know, it looked like he was forcing him. 
He just didn't look healthy. I, I didn't think he was forcing it. I just didn't think he looked healthy. Um, but he was healthy enough to play, which is a good sign. So now you get an extra two days. You get some more time to play. It helps your plan on a Friday. That helps as well. Um, 24 hours is a big deal when you become you know, a player and what it can do for healing. So I do think there's the, the Nebraska game. I've said this a lot. When you lose your star player at, after halftime, there's no adjustments Greg Gard could have made in that situation. And everybody's got to move over a role. And to move over a role in the middle of a game in the second half is extremely hard to do. And they just weren't able to do that. So I don't look at it nearly um, like a lot of people are saying, oh, that's just another Badger collapse. It's not that. I just think now you get the overall body of work. You're a three seed. And don't think that these kids aren't looking at the bracket guys and saying, oh, okay, I like this bracket. Like we can make a deep deep run and that goes farther than the way that they've played mike when you look at the last two games that the badgers played against nebraska first and then michigan state how do you feel about this team moving into the one and you're done you have a one you have a bad game against well if it's colgate i don't know if it's against lsu who knows who moves through uh it's one and done how do you feel about this team after what you've seen in the last two games yeah, I, I guess I'm going to dodge that a little bit because I don't think the last two games are what I would worry about. It's their body of work. It is if, if you want to worry the team that doesn't shoot it straight um, on, on a night like they had against Michigan State or, you know, the finish in the last five and a half minutes against Nebraska when a team doesn't make any baskets. That's this team's issue. They can go through uh, scoring droughts, and we saw it in the first half against Michigan State and down the stretch against Nebraska. That would be my worry. Rather than shoot Michigan State, that that game Friday in Indy, that was a toss-up going in. Um, So I I didn't look at that and go, "Uh." and the Nebraska game was just a a bad offensive finish. And to Butchie's point, they had a tough time adjusting without Johnny um, down the stretch. So... I look at a bigger picture, and this team's issue, and Matt LePay will probably say the same thing he said on, on when he joined me on Monday and Friday this last week. This team could lose on Sunday, or it could go all the way to New Orleans because that's who they are. They're, they, they're really uh, a bit of an enigma when it comes to scoring at times. I think they're a really good team, but I didn't look at – Nebraska or Friday and go, uh-oh, uh, based on you know what they did and what they're going to do next. What percentage would you, and maybe Johnny's the, per- the person to ask this, but I don't know if he'd give you an honest answer, but in your opinion, from what you saw on Friday night, how well do you think Johnny Davis's leg is feeling given a percentage from what you've seen the, re- the entire season and what yeah. you saw on Friday? I'm going to disagree with Butchie a little bit. I, I thought he looked good enough to go. Uh, and I didn't see him limping. I didn't. Maybe he maybe he favored it at, from time to time, but it, it wasn't perceptible to me. So if we're going to do that, and then you've got another seven days, I think health is a non-factor. See, my thing on that, Mike, is I I I know what you're saying, but he wasn't getting to his spots, and that was going to be the case. He was going to be good enough to go, but was he going to be able to get to his spots and elevate the way that we've seen from him? And it just wasn't there. Now, you look at these days, I mean, you look at the amount of time they have, I'm not worried about that at all. It's just, again, yeah. you know, having those built-in days and having a Saturday and a Sunday versus playing three straight days on it, 
I think we would be having a longer conversation about his injury and him coming back from it, just from the wear and tear of three straight games on an you know an, an ankle that wasn't a hundred percent to start. We're not having that conversation because it was one game, and I think the time is more valuable or was more valuable for this group because it didn't affect the seed, and that was the one thing that I was a little bit worried about sitting here and watching it play out and thinking, "Wow, are they going to really move him to a four? Yeah, because if that's the case, now now that did affect them. It didn't, right. and, and and rightfully so. And I would have been really upset if Purdue would have got a three and Wisconsin a four because Purdue yeah. hasn't won anything. Purdue is the most overrated team there possibly is. And it's me, my part, my fault, because I sit on the Big Ten Network and tell everybody how good Purdue is. They haven't won a darn thing. It's a, it's a shame. It, 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 and that surprised me, too. I thought that they would win today, but to your, you, you, were, you were yelling about that off the air when we talked uh, earlier this yeah. afternoon. But you brought up uh, the, the first round out that you guys had in 06. That was a 9-8 game. You were the 9 against Arizona. Yeah. Bo's only other first round out was the, the out to Ole Miss when Wisconsin got beat as a 5 against Ole Miss, the 12. Why am I losing Ole Miss? Ole Miss had a shooter. Uh, a kind of a hot dog that day that went off. I don't remember his name, and I'm, I should. I'm sorry. I think it was um, Henderson. Y- y- yeah, right. You're right, and that's the only other. other that was too. the only other bow first round out. They did get beaten the Marshall first Henderson. round game. Marshall Henderson. They got beaten the first round game. The you know two years ago, three years ago now against Oregon. Uh, that was a five twelve, and that was a bad shooting performance. Too, but those are those are the only ones in recent memory. They've had a lot of tournament success. Uh, Brian, as long as you brought up the Big Ten Network and you know your familiarity with the entire league, uh, the, the fact that so many teams from the conference got in to the tournament, but no one was higher than a three seed. What do you make of that? Well, I think that a lot of it was they they beat each other up. Now, if you look at your ones, Gonzaga, Arizona, neither one of those guys. I mean, Arizona, the Pac-12 was all right. Um, but it wasn't what everyone thought it was going to be this year. Um, Gonzaga, who do they play always? I think that's part of it. Uh, I think Kansas and Baylor, they come out of a, of a, out of a league that probably, not probably, it was the best league in the, in the country this year in the Big 12. So you get there, you two of them there. And then Auburn, the SEC, and what they've done, there's your two seed. I thought that was right. And I thought Villanova as a two made a lot of sense. I really did. I thought the Big East was good. Um, but not great, but good. And Villanova just does what Villanova does, and they continue to win and improve. And then you look at Duke, you were going to take the ACC winner. And then Kentucky, I thought that kind of was where it has, was at. And I think then that next level becomes, okay, you know, where, where do the Big Ten and where does the Big Ten fit? Um, and we saw that early on when the kind of committee released the first 16. They didn't value the Big Ten as far as top level, but they valued it through as far as what the you know amount of teams was. And then you look at now that's when your three seeds come. Purdue, Wisconsin, Illinois at a four. And this is going to be a year and like every year, like March always is, like the you know March Madness always is, but I truly believe there will be a lot of upsets and I truly believe an 8 will be to 1 and 9 will be to 1 at some point here in this second, you know, that second round. Um, there is going to be a lot of that. And I think if you're a, a Big Ten fan right now, you look at some of these matchups, and, and I think some of them favor you. Uh, and don't be surprised. You've got two teams that you know are in the playing games with Rutgers and Indiana. Don't be surprised if those guys make a run. We've seen it a lot. 
Seth Davis, for what it's worth, and everybody will be making their predictions and filling out their brackets over the next 12 to 48 hours as productivity in this country comes to a grinding halt as it does every year. Should be a holiday, Doug. I agree. A whole week of a holiday. I could not agree with you more. It's the best week of the year as far as I'm concerned. Uh, Seth Davis, for whatever whatever it's worth, has the Badgers in the Final Four. Okay. I, I... I'm not sure if I'm ready to take that journey with him yet, but a couple of things that the Badgers do have a big advantage of, and it's proximity. We talk about Milwaukee a lot, Mike, but the Midwest region this year is at the United Center in Chicago. I mean, that's a couple of bus rides. And Look, I'm not saying that that's everything, but sometimes... As you to your point earlier, there's going there's going to be the potential for a home court advantage for Wisconsin, and that can help lift a team that needs that extra lift. Yeah, I, I'm sorry, I got distracted. Tom Brady's coming back to the NFL. He's going to stay in Tampa. He just uh, oh. tweeted out that. <laughs> so I got distracted. Yeah, I I love the idea that Wisconsin's going to have that opportunity. Sunday's a much. I can't worry about Chicago yet. To be fair, because you. I think they'll beat Colgate. You never know. I think they'll beat Colgate. But the Sunday matchup, and I like Wisconsin in it, but that Sunday matchup, that's where home court will really come into play against the winner LSU-Iowa State. Um, that's the one I worry about. And I and I like the idea that Chicago would be next on that list, but let's let's get there. You know, I, I always think, of, and maybe Brian thinks of it the same way, when you, when you have a good team, the idea for me in the tournament is you win if you get to the second weekend. That's it. If you get to the Sweet 16, you win. Unless you're elite, elite, then you're not satisfied unless you get to a Final Four. But the way I've always viewed it, especially with almost all of the Wisconsin teams, if they get to the second weekend, we win. After that, it's a toss-up to me, and I'm not going to disparage a team for not being able to get a win in the 16 or the round of eight. Uh, and I love that it's in Chicago because it allows this fan base to go. Uh, but that, to your point, uh, Sunday is a bigger deal for me. Am I putting the cart before the horse, Butchie? Abs- I mean, to a certain extent, yes. However, I'll say this. In my junior year, uh, we were in Chicago. And we almost lost Texas A&M Corpus Christi. I was at um, that game. That, I remember that, it. That was a year uh, that I dislocated my elbow. And then we played UNLV. And I thought if we could get through UNLV, we were then going to go to St. Louis. And it was perfect for us. I mean, we talk about a Final Four team that Bull probably should have had. It was that year. And I don't like talking a lot about it because it's would have, could have, should have, right? But it was set up perfect yet again. And it's very similar, this group, as far as setting it up. And I think we knew what we had in Chicago. It was a great atmosphere. Fans traveled there. But now you go Milwaukee, Chicago. So it is to me, it is a big deal. Like, it, this is set up perfect. And we've talked about the bracket with Wisconsin and Auburn and all this stuff. I mean, how about the fact that they might get a chance at LSU or Iowa state LSU without a head coach in the second round, even Mike on that Sunday, you talk about how important Sunday is. I mean, like you couldn't have asked for a better setup. You really couldn't. Uh, Mike, you had touched on this just a couple of minutes ago, and I'd like to get Brian's thoughts on this as well. I assume how you define success in the NCAA tournament is Sweet 16 or better, especially if you're a number 3 seed, because, look, funky things happen all the time in this tournament. It's one of the things that makes it so incredible. Um, is that fair to say that the second weekend of the tournament, the Sweet 16, that's how you define success in March? 
To me it is, and I, I think because this is a zero-sum game, the game of college basketball, too many fans, my opinion, this is an opinion piece, too many fans determine the success and failure of a season based on what happens this Thursday through Sunday. If you're, if you're a good seed and you don't get through this weekend, a lot of fan bases will say, what a terrible season. They'll just remember the finish. I mean, shoot, they played 30-plus games. This, the body of work that Wisconsin has put on the court this year already makes this a very good season regardless of the result. Will, will the fan base be disappointed, including myself, if they don't win on Friday? Yep. If they don't win on Sunday? Disappointment, yes. But as it relates to how you would gauge the success of the season, that's already been written. They can put the topping on this dessert by having a good you know, finish in the tournament, but I don't look at what they'll do this weekend and go, well, that defines their season. I think their season is mostly already defined. They have an opportunity to add to it. Brian, as someone who played in the NCAA tournament, I'll ask the same question to you uh, about how you, you know, consider uh, this tournament as a harbinger of success for an entire season. Yeah, I think you look at it. Obviously, it's the icing on the cake when you look at it. But I know that my junior year we were thirty-one and or thirty and six. My senior year we were thirty-one and five. My junior year I don't get to play in the NCAA tournament, so I, I mean I'm, I know it was a great season, right? Could have, would have, should have. My senior year we lose to Steph Curry, and you know we all know what he's done. Uh, but I know it was a great season. You know we set records for school wins now. Um, back-to-back seasons. To me, that's a pretty successful year. Um, but obviously, you want to get to the second weekend. You want to get to the Final Four, and you want to have a chance to win the whole darn thing. I mean, that's what you play for. But that's at the end. Um, does it make it hurt any less? Absolutely not. I mean, you're you're in this tournament here to go play, to go win, um, and you're good enough to do that. Every team in here, really, if you're – if you're a top four seed in your th- in your bracket, you're good enough to win this thing. Now, somebody from five or six might come out, but if you're you're a four seed or above, you got a legit chance at winning this whole thing. I asked the question for a number of reasons, but mostly because that's you know whether it's fair or not. As a college basketball fan, oftentimes that's how we ascribe uh, whether it was a successful or an unsuccessful season. And here's an example of it. As I want to move away from Wisconsin for just a second to the other state team. That is in the tournament this year, Marquette. The knock-on from fans and uh, from a lot of alumni about the Steve Wojciechowski era at Marquette was, well, he went seven years without winning a single NCAA tournament game. Now, Shaka Smart, a coach who has gone to the Final Four as a head coach at VCU many years ago before he went to Texas, uh, he's brought in and now Marquette Um, You know, maybe they didn't end the season the way they wanted to in their conference tournament, but they're in as a number nine seed taking on North Carolina. Butchie, you just saw uh, the Golden Eagles take on St. John's less than a week and a half ago, I think. What are your feelings about Marquette having seen them up close and personal? First of all, when you look at it, they've had one heck of a season. And I don't care if they win uh, Thursday or lose Thursday. That doesn't change the season that they've had. The expectations for Marquette, there was none of this. I mean, you would most Marquette fans, if they're being honest right now, would have been happy with an NIT appearance. 
They're a nine seed. They were clearly in. They were not a Rutgers. They were not an Indiana. They weren't sitting here trying to figure out, are we in? Are we? No, they were in. That was not even close. So it's a successful season. Um, and if and if a Marquette fans don't realize that, then they're just not that intelligent as far as basketball goes. Because Shaka had to rebuild the whole thing. They lost everybody. I mean, they keep Justin Lewis. That's it. He had to re and Greg Elliott. Sorry, right? But like Greg Elliott was, he's a piece. He's not a star. So they're trying to figure it all out, and he's doing it with new guys. And then in January, you saw what they could have been. And I think Marquette fans jumped at that and said, "Well, this is who we really are." They were playing above what they what they were. Jan- in February, they came back to reality a little bit. Now, that being said, can they make a run? Yeah, they play a unique style. And I think that's the thing that makes it fun to watch and be a part of. Um, I mean, they're 26th in the nation as far as their tempo. You look at North Carolina, they're 38th as far as tempo. This 8-9 game between the two of them, they're going to be up and down the entire game. And I think that's going to be the thing. The thing that I'm going to watch in that game is can a couple of guys hit some threes? Tyler Kolick and what can he do? Obviously, in February, he was really good. He was really, really good. Uh, excuse me, January, really good. February, not so good. They changed the coverage of the ball screens. They went under it. He wasn't shooting threes. So how does that play out? Um, I think the big question will be in the paint for uh, Marquette. How do they handle uh, um, uh, Baycock, right? Or Cot? And what, is he, what do they do there? How do they handle him? Is uh, Kirk Koweth going to be able to guard and make that very tough. Now, Marquette's going to speed up the game. So is Baycock able to continue to stay in the game and stay with the flow? That's going to be the matchup early on with those guys. But I think overall, you can't look at this game and this um, this season for Marquette other than a success. I mean, and it's just now everything else, like Mike, you've said numerous times, it's kind of icy on the cake for this team. Can they make a run? Well, Marquette potentially could play North Carolina. I mean, they will play North Carolina in the first round and then Baylor in the second round. That remind that sounds so familiar, doesn't it, Mike? Yeah, there there's been some of that. Uh, we we've seen some of that. You know, there there is familiarity uh, kind of across the board. Last time Wisconsin was uh played in Milwaukee, uh they opened against another Patriot League team, didn't they? The last time they were there, they played against American that was the right. opening yeah, game. Yeah, blew him out by uh, 40, I think. Patriot League uh, uh, contestant in that game. Uh, and then they got Oregon. Uh, it would be different than that this time around. Brian, I was also curious, because you've seen more of the surrounding cast, what about the hottest team from the Big Ten in Iowa, who, if they got by the Spiders of Richmond in the opening game, would get Providence, who I think you've also seen. And Providence is really good. What, what about the Big Ten's best and the best opportunity to make a deep run in the tournament. Yeah, I, I think when you look at that, that's a great point. I, I love that Providence team because they've got a lot of they've got a lot of grit to them. Um, and I think here's the thing: is Iowa. I just as soon as they start about two weeks prior to going to the Big Ten tournament, they were the hottest team in the country, and I, they still are. Look at what they've done in the tournament, uh, Big Ten tournament. They go ahead and win the whole thing. So I do. Here's the problem: that game is in Buffalo. And I think that is a huge advantage for Providence. I really, truly do. Now, Providence has to get out of South Dakota State. Providence is a very, very similar team to Wisconsin as far as at times they offensively have struggles at, at times. 
but they've got a post player. They've got experience. They're gritty. They're, they, you know, again, you talk about a lot with Ken Palm and what they've done as far as luckiest teams that are out there. Providence is right up there with Wisconsin. So I think that's a matchup that you'd look for. Again, how do upsets happen in the NCAA tournament? Contrast of styles. Iowa wants to get up and run as fast as possible. Providence wants to hit ahead, score early. If they're not going to score early, they're going to back it out and they're going to make you guard. Well, we've seen how when Iowa needs to take care of that, how they you know have performed. The three point line would be huge in that matchup. I like that matchup, um, and I just I'm going to go with kind of the star who's got the best player. In the end, the NCAA tournament does come down to which team has the best player in Keegan Murray. Uh, versus a Nate Watson or an Al Durham, who was former um, Indiana transfer, I probably would take Iowa in the upset there, even though that is in Buffalo. Like it, it, that would that is what scares me if I'm an Iowa Hawkeye fan. Um, I do not like the matchup with Michigan uh, against Colorado State. I really think Colorado State is a really good team. They've got a great big down there, so I think that's going to be um, one that I, I'm not a big fan of. Illinois Chattanooga now. Coach Paris, a former Wisconsin assistant, yeah. Tanner Bronson, a former Wisconsin player, understands what the Big Ten is. And Chattanooga has a player, uh, uh, Sylvia, oh, goodness gracious, former Kansas player, former Kansas big that went into the stands and got into the fight. And I'm blanking on his name right now. I don't have him in front of me. But they've got a body to match up. When you look at Chattanooga and you look at what, Matchup wise, it is. Uh, most teams in that league aren't going to have somebody that can guard Kofi Colbert. Well, you look at what Chattanooga does, Silvio De Sosa, yeah, exactly. And that's the guy that was at Kansas, a big body, 6'11. Like, he's got a, there, there's at least a, a way to compete against Kofi Colbert. So that's an interesting matchup. I still think Illinois comes out of that, though, guys. I just, um, you just can't watch that and the way they've played and, and not think that there's a way to that they're going to do that. Um, so that's what I look at there. Again, and when and you I don't look, like Purdue, so we well, don't, no, even go, don't even bring them up. That's the thing, Mike, right? Like, And I just don't. They haven't won right. anything. Okay. And everyone's going to have Purdue going deep. And I'm not a – here's my problem. Is how many times have you had a chance to win a championship? You had a chance on the road at Wisconsin. You fall on your face. You had a chance today. You fall on your face. These are all championship games now. Purdue has not done it. They haven't done it. Um, Do they have the most talent uh, in their bracket? Yeah. I I, I mean, it's tough for me not to say that they don't. (laughs) I brought it up. I brought it up. I told I told myself not to bring up Purdue. No, no you're right though. Like I'm not wrong. Like, do they have the most talent? Absolutely. Yeah. But I could see them losing to Texas in the second round. And so, in Milwaukee, by the way. Yeah, in Milwaukee. Yeah, they're in Milwaukee. Yep. And I could see them losing to Texas. I really could. I just the team at some point when you have a chance to win championships, it's crunch time, and you find out about yourself a lot. And they have not been able to do that. To me, that's a red flag. And I've said this. Uh, shoot, I was on B- BTN in the studio, and it must have been, it had to be sometime in December. And I said, there's a blueprint out there to beat Purdue. You limit their threes. You let their bigs go to work, and then you limit Jaden Ivey. So you take away the perimeter. And the teams that have done that have beaten Purdue. And don't think that, I mean, shoot, 
you guys know me. I do a show show with Coon. I'm not that smart. So if I can figure that out, I know there's a lot of people that can figure it out. <laughs> he is Brian Butch. I think you're smart, Brian. He is uh, Brian Butch from Coon and Butch, uh, Mike Heller from Heller and Davis. Coon and Butch on from 9 until noon, of course. Uh, Mike and Ted from noon until 3 right here on 97.3 The Game. The longtime voice of the Badgers, Matt LaPay, who was at the uh, Union. He was at Union South today, Matt. You were with the team today. Is that correct? Yeah, they had a fan event there, Doug. Uh, it was a good turnout. Room was full uh, just to watch this election show and uh, just have a little bit of fun. So, yeah, everybody everybody left there happy, knowing that uh, if they can get a ticket, they don't have to travel far to watch them play this week. How much does that mean, in your opinion, uh, to this Badgers team that they did uh, get Milwaukee, that they did get Pfizer for? Because we were all there back in 2014 against Oregon when the fans just about blew the roof off of the Bradley Center. That's the thing. You know, Greg Gard's talked about that, and I, I think you know the, the, those who were associated with the team in 2014, you know, will tell you they probably don't win that game. They don't, probably don't have that comeback against Oregon, uh, were it not for it being at the Bradley Center at the time. The place was, and I would go back to 2004 um, in their first round game against Richmond, where they had to rally to to you know come back and win that game, and then they got eliminated in the second round by by Pitt. But I think it has it has made a difference. As I know it's cliche, it doesn't guarantee anything. But you, know, it, you get in these tournament sites, and particularly depending on when the game is played, and if you're not close to home, there might not be much atmosphere in the building. I don't think that'll be an issue on Friday, though. Uh, Matt, uh, Mike here. Let, let me ask you about uh, Johnny Davis because um, some are going to have worries, concerns about where he is on the mend. He played, obviously, on Friday. He didn't have one of his better games. Uh, the view on Johnny Davis and status, not that he won't, not that he would or wouldn't play, but how well he can play coming off the injury? I think the biggest thing, and we talked to Greg Gard right after the, the game Friday, the biggest thing for Johnny is to get a rhythm of practice. He hasn't practiced much lately, and I think that showed now, certainly, Michigan State played him really well, but I think with the lack of practice time that he has had uh, in, in recent days maybe had an effect as well. He just never looked in sync. He was forcing some shots, and you couple that with Michigan State, you know, really playing well against him, it, it made for for a tough day. So I think the the best hope, and he he addressed it briefly with, with some reporters. Uh, it's, you know, continue to, to get all the treatments, do all the smart things, do all the right things, and just be able to get out there and and practice. He had the one workout with the team before the, the Michigan State game. Otherwise, it was side work and, you know, and recovery. So, so hopefully, you know, for him and, you know, for everybody, just get back into the rhythm of, of regular practices. And I, I would like to think for this team that could go a long way. Matt, Brian here. When you look at the way this bracket played out for me and being in those guys' shoes, you look at it, and they're 18 to 20-year-old kids. You look at it, and you th- you're thrilled. You're thrilled because it's everything that you want. It's a great path to where you want to go, and now it's recenter, focus, dial in on, on what it is. Um, when you look at this bracket, what do you see? Because I see a really – Really good path and one of the best paths that we've had that Wisconsin's had in a long time. I see a team that has earned the respect of the selection committee. That Brian, that was the first yeah. thing that came to my mind. I think you know there's such a 
you know, not that we overreact to anything in, in sports these days. No, no, like, come on now. Never, no, it never, never happens. Matt, um, you know, when you, when you lose to uh, you know, a last place team at the time, like Nebraska, and they didn't play very well against Michigan State. And I, I was telling Heller this, uh, I think on Friday, or somebody I was telling this, it, you, you have to look at the entire body of work. It's like the baseball analogy. If you're a 300 hitter and you go over four on Labor Day, that's not going to affect your average very much. And I think that's how the committee viewed Wisconsin with these last two games. I mean, the, the good win sweeping Purdue, beating Iowa in the only regular season matchup, beating Houston, beating St. Mary's, uh, those two games in Vegas, so on and so forth. The good wins far and away outweigh a bad loss to to Nebraska or the fact they're not playing well. So that's the first thing, Brian, that, that I noticed. I think the committee is just saying, you know what, this team has earned the right to play close to home in the opening weekend. And if it's good enough to advance, still be pretty close to home in the Midwest. So, um, but as I also, you know, tweeted earlier today, because that's how we get all our news and express all our opinions, right? (laughs) Uh, There are certain givens in the NCAA tournament. And one of the givens is really good teams are going to lose early. That's just the way it is. And I think this year, just given the open nature of college basketball, it is the polar opposite of college football right now you've got any number of teams that certainly could beat a, a one a two a three on a given on a given day and i think you can make pretty strong arguments for several teams where you could say yeah i think this team has the chops to to win it all so it sets up to be a wild tournament good luck to all who yeah. are filling out their brackets um, because I have a feeling a lot of them are going to be torn up by Friday. Oh, mine's Matt, always I, kindling. Yeah, Doug, can I jump in of on course. another one with Matt? Uh, Matt, the last Big Ten team to win is Michigan State in 2000. There are nine Big Ten teams in the field. Are any of them, to your previous point, good enough to, to play on that Monday night and win it in New Orleans? Yeah, I think uh, they, they can be, and but they're all vulnerable, yeah. like, you know, like probably every team in the field. I, you know, Illinois, when it's right, you know, with, with Trent Frazier and, you know, uh, Andre Curbelo and then Kofi Coburn, such a dominant force inside. Uh, I, I still think Purdue, when it's right, today's game was – Oh, stop that. <laughs> Brian doesn't like the – got to win something before it matters for crying out loud. <laughs> Matt, my, my thing is they've made me look bad all year long because I think, okay, they've got so much talent, they got to, but crunch time, they haven't been able to figure it out. It's amazing to me. Who, who's the troll here? Oh, is that Brian? Oh, I'm- yeah, exactly. <laughs> Unbelievable. But, but today you could tell both teams had dead legs, right? That should be a game in the upper 80s, the way they go you through know, their offenses and not great defensively. Uh, but can they win six in a row? I, I think, you know, Brian, to be serious, they, no, they got t- a point. You know, it, you got to be able to do it. And Wisconsin could, could certainly be in that mix. But I, I think if there was one right now, I know Iowa's red hot, uh, but I think Illinois, if it is right, uh, would, would have, you know, maybe most people would tell you on paper the best chance because of the all-around game. What's going to be really interesting, too, guys, uh, real quick, you know, yesterday in the semifinal game, they were talking to CBS crew, um, there's been a lot of conversation this year about the physical play. We've kind of reverted back to some old habits where you get away with you know, the bumping of the cutters and, and all of this. It sounds like that might be something they're really going to watch closely, which on the one hand for Wisconsin could bode well for someone like Johnny Davis, but on the other, 
you know, we've seen some guys, including Friday, with, with Crow uh, and, and Bo get into foul trouble. So it's going to be interesting to me how the whistle is. It always is in the tournament. But I, I just got the hint, listening to, to Nance and, and those guys, that it's something that these crews are going to be watching for. So that, that's something you know, we're going to have whistle-happy crews you know, trying to clean things up. It's an interesting time to try to change things a little bit or get back to what yeah, it's supposed to be, but it's something worth watching. As I look through this bracket, and I want to pose this question to all three of you. I'm going to start with Matt, then go to Brian, and then go to Mike. I don't know how much of a seating improvement or location improvement or bracket improvement the Badgers could have had, even if they would have won the Big Ten Conference Tournament in Indianapolis. When I look at that, I wonder how important at the end of the day that that tournament wasn't playing a couple more games for Wisconsin potentially, as opposed to having perhaps some fresher legs going into the tournament that really means something. Is it more important that maybe after we see that the Badgers had a number three seed playing in Milwaukee, which as Brian rightfully pointed out, that's about the best you could possibly ask for. Maybe it was a good thing they lost on Friday night. Yeah, I think there's there's always that school of thought. Where you're better off winning one, losing one, and, you know, saving your legs. I, I think what it what again it tells us, and Brian lived this, winning a regular season and a conference tournament title. Uh, the one that would matter most is the regular season title, and I'm thinking maybe that's you know the committee, at least in Wisconsin's case, viewed it that way. Now Iowa, by going on its run, maybe it did move up at least one seed line. But I've always wondered that going into the tournament. I, I, I always, my guess was, Doug, my guess has always been, you know, maybe a line up, up or down. But in Wisconsin's case, I mean, there can be, I can't imagine there could be any complaints. And it does, you know, like they're close to home. They're in the Midwest region. So I don't know how much better it could have been. Ryan, what do you think? Were the Badgers at the end of the day better off on lo- losing on Friday when all is said and done? Well, again, I think it's one of those things that you look at with it, and it really is it gives Johnny a couple more days to rest and versus playing three straight days on that ankle. And to me, I did think it was a factor. You know, Matt, you talked about reps. For me, it was Johnny getting to his spots. It was just a little bit slow. He didn't have the lift in it, and that's why you looked at the shooting percentage, and it just was a little off. So the rest there benefits. Um, for us, you know, and, and when, when, I, when I lived it, it was one of those where we wanted to win the whole darn thing because we didn't want anyone else to have a chance, and we still ended up as a three seed. Um, so I think it's just, for, for for me, I don't think there was going to be a lot of movement. And the reason I don't think there was going to be a lot of movement as well is Tennessee ends up winning the SEC. So they weren't going to, you know, that two seed line that might have been there wasn't ever going to be there. It wasn't going to be there. So because of that, I do think that it benefits, you know, you get a couple rest, you regroup, and you listen a little bit bigger, better to Greg and group, realizing, okay, you know, we've lost two here. We got to really dial in, especially when you play a team like Colgate, who, let's be honest, you're going to look past them. But you're not going to look past them after losing two in a row. And I think that's the thing that's crucial in this whole conversation is you got a bad taste in your mouth as a player. You're not looking past your first round opponent. Normally, you go ahead, you win. Okay, whatever, it's Colgate. We'll find a way to win. This group won't have that in them. And I hate to say it like that, but it's just human nature. Mike? Well, let me start by Kirk Cousins staying in Minnesota on a one-year contract. <laughs> Thank you. 
I need to get the breaking news sound um, right. You're breaking all the NFL news. Yeah, I thought there'd Indiana, be baseball yeah. news with the, with the lockout Trust me, we'll do that on 9 to noon, Heller. We're good. <laughs> Brad, Brad Boxberger's coming back to Milwaukee. So oh, we hey. got that. Okay. Um, I, I looked, Matt and I talked about this Friday, talking about the Josh Gosser play at the Big Ten tournament on Sunday when they come from behind against Michigan State, and he jumps through the media table. I, I, I'm preferred that the players go out and win games and they would have preferred to have beaten Michigan State and played at least another day and then they would have wanted to have won that one too so I don't know that you carry one to another but I think I know this in watching them go they all desperately wanted to win on Friday could it benefit them how do we ever measure that so maybe a little bit with rest uh, in that regard but you know, they won't play till Friday, and we don't know the timing yet. We'll find that out later tonight. And I'm just, I, like we've talked about and repeated a few times, that they're the three, that they're in Milwaukee. It just couldn't have been better than how that worked itself out. He is Mike Heller, Brian, uh, Brian Butch with us as well, the voice of the Badgers, Matt LaPay. I'm Doug Russell on NCAA Tournament tonight. Last couple of minutes of the show, uh, fellas. Matt, I want to ask you this because you mentioned Twitter, and this is how we get our news now. And obviously, I follow you on Twitter. You seem to have had a very Zen-like uh, approach to the last couple of losses that the Badgers have had. You're you're taking an overall macro look at the season and just saying, "Hey, look, this was a team that was picked to finish tenth in the Big Ten. Enjoy the ride." Everybody just seems to be really, really tight about these last couple of games. But you know, you were there. You were calling games when the Badgers first rose to prominence. So maybe you've got maybe a little bit better history than a lot of folks do as well. Is that kind of the approach that you take? It's like, look, this is a team that's already exceeded all expectations. Let's just enjoy the ride. Yeah, I think I would have said that if that they won. You know, they won it outright, and if they won the Big Ten tournament, so this is this is fun. Take it. You know, and it doesn't. You know, they might last a long time in the NCAA tournament. They might get beat early. You know, uh, Illinois was really highly regarded last year, won the conference tournament, couldn't get out of the second round. Uh, you had a lot of teams in the Big Ten that you thought could make a lot of noise that got beat in the first round last year. Uh, you just you don't know when you get into a single elimination tournament. And, and I think just embrace it, embrace it all. And I, you know, and you get the fake tough guys, you know, on Twitter who might fire back at you, but um, I don't really care. I mean, this was a team that I have been around long enough. I was around when I was envious of a lot of my cohorts who were calling their teams in the NCAA tournament when Wisconsin couldn't get a sniff. I mean, I remember the thrill in 94 when they went to Ogden and, and won a game. Just the fact they were in the tournament was a big deal. And I still have that, I still have that feel now. So, and this was a team that over the summer, the turmoil, the hot take specialists, Fire this guy, fire that guy. <laughs> well, that guy's a Big Ten coach of the year for the second time in three years. Yeah, he's one pretty good coach. He's a nice guy. If it was me, I'd be double burdening a lot of people right now. <laughs> Same nice here. Guy. I wanted to. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Matt, you that's don't have my that's my Zen approach. I, 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 I like it. It's a very Zen approach. It's uh, yeah, you're a better it's, man than, I'm, than you're I just am. Saying we're number eleven, uh, Matt LePay, <laughs> voice of the Badgers. You don't have to travel far, but we'll see you in Milwaukee at Pfizer Forum later on in the week, and uh, we'll have your calls here on ninety-seven-three. The game. Always appreciate the time. 
All right, guys. Take care. We'll see you soon. All right. Thanks, Matt. Thanks, Matt. There he goes. Matt LaPay, longtime voice of the Badgers, joining us here on NCAA Tournament Central. We have reached just about the end of the show. Uh, Mike Heller, your thoughts on the Badgers uh, or anything else that you've seen in the brackets as well? Obviously, the the good news for Wisconsin fans is that the Badgers don't have to go very far, obviously playing their first two games. Yes, I'm going to look past Colgate. I'm a fan. I can do that. Players shouldn't do that, but I'm going to go ahead and do it. They play their first two games at Fiserv Forum in Milwaukee. Yeah, I, I would say to Brian's point, uh, you can, in a way, certainly the fan base looked by Colgate, but because Wisconsin's lost two in a row, uh, their attention is had. So, so they'll be good. They'll be good to go. They'll be ready. Uh, I, I look forward to a fantastic weekend in Milwaukee and seeing if they can't earn that short trip down the road to Chicago in in the second weekend. And I'm going to reiterate what I said earlier in the show. When the team I'm a fan of gets into the tournament, all I want, I mean, ultimately I want all of it, but I'll be happy if you get to the second weekend. To me, that's the tournament. Get to the Sweet 16 and then take your shot. You know, you said earlier, Seth Davis picked Wisconsin go to the Final Four in this bracket on the network show. So I, I love who the team is. I've loved their grit. Now they've lost two in a row that were close after winning 15 in a row that were close. So let's refine some of that and, uh, and make this uh, a great finish to what's already been a great season. Closing thoughts, Butchie. I'm sitting here watching Colgate Navy right now. There is nothing sexy about Colgate. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> it's a very simple <laughs> offense, a very simple defense. A team that Wisconsin should take care of, and it just is. And you go, you know, you look at this, and Mike, you talk about the second weekend. Well, you're looking at Iowa State or LSU. LSU doesn't even have a coach. I mean, to me, this sets up about as great as possible. Now you've got to go execute, and that's the toughest thing. And I think Greg and staff have one of their tougher coaching jobs ahead of them. They've already gone through part of that, but now it's making sure – um, that they're dialed into the principles because Colgate team very slow paced shoots the ball well, simple actions, double drags are going to lead out to shooters. How do you close out to, sh- to shooters and still stay attached? Now again, I've only watched a half of this game, but I'm going to continue to watch it. Um, it leads to when you play against a team that's not sexy as I like to use the term, right? But just fundamentally sound, very similar to yourself. You've got to make sure that your discipline level stays at a high level. And again, in the NCAA tournament, you're going to go with the best player on the floor, the best player on the floor, best player in the country, Johnny Davis. And I think that's why you rely on what Wisconsin can do. And I think it's going to be a great run for them. And watch out for Marquette. I think North Carolina has some flaws as well. Can Marquette get there? And can they look at a Baylor team that just lost? There's some possibilities there, especially because they're hard to prepare for if they get past that, that first week or the first game into that second round with the trapping and everything that Shaka does. So it's good thing we're talking about basketball. We're talking about both teams in the state making it to the tournament. That's great for college basketball. It's great for basketball fans throughout the state. And buckle up and enjoy it. Here, here. It's going to be a fun week on Coon and Butch from 9 until noon. It'll be a fun week on Heller and Davis from noon until 3. Mike Heller and Brian Butch joining us here on NCAA Tournament tonight. Fellas, I will look forward to listening to all six of your hours all week long, every day, Monday through Friday, right here on 97.3 The Game. Sounds good. Thanks, Doug. Always good. Thanks, Doug. All right. Thanks, guys. There he goes. Uh, there they go, I should say, Mike Keller and Brian Butch. Also, for Matt LePay, I'm Doug Russell. This has been NCAA Tournament Central. We'll have all the games for you, especially all the Badgers games right here on 97.3 The Game. Enjoy the tournament, everybody.